Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's time to talk all things Dirty Birds. It's Falcons Flyover. With John Chuckery on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Chris, go forth in for the vacationing John Chuckery today. Hope you're, uh, hope you had a great weekend. Hope your Monday was good, and I certainly hope you have uh, tomorrow off. If you are traveling today or tomorrow or the next day uh, around this holiday, drive safe. I saw a, uh, a headline last week that uh, they were expecting more drivers on the road, more travelers on the road this year for the uh, the 4th of July holiday, which I guess kind of started last week, like on Thursday or Friday, and it stretches until Wednesday or so of this week, but expecting uh, the most number of travelers ever. ever. So we are, we are back to pre-COVID level and then some uh, in terms of people on the road. If you are going to get behind the wheel of a car or a boat, do not drink and drive. Save that beer. Save that mixed drink. Enjoy it when you get home. Do not get behind the wheel of a car or a boat because we need everybody back here on Wednesday night uh, as we continue. John Fricky will be filling in for, uh, for John Chuckery the rest of the week. So we need you to be back here. It is time for our Falcons flyover here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We've already managed to talk a little bit about the Falcons already. Our friend Michael Rothstein from ESPN.com, he joined us, and we talked a little Falcons with him uh, earlier today. Uh, On Saturdays here, which is where you can normally find me, uh, I have spent the last three weeks going around the NFC South talking with guys who cover the rest of the teams in the division. Most people feel, as do I, and I think Michael Rothstein agreed when he was on, that this division is up for grabs. And as you know, I told Michael, my expectations for this team is playoffs. That's where I think this is. This team is, the, the pieces are there. Year three, I think the worst part of the quote-unquote rebuild is over. I think the playoffs should be there. There's nobody in this division, honestly, that is clear-cut, head and shoulders above anybody else. And we'll talk about the other teams in the division here in just a second. But I don't look at this and go, wow, that that team there clearly is head and shoulders above everybody else. The way we have done in the past with the Falcons, uh, we've done it in the past with New Orleans. 
We've done it in the past with Tampa where you just looked at it and said, yeah, that, you know, this team is probably the one. That's not the case. And the idea that Arthur Smith has done as well as he has these last two seasons, to go 7-10 and 10 with the rosters that he has been given to work with and the restrictions that the Falcons have had to fight their way through with the salary cap and everything else, getting to this point and – Back-to-back 7-10 and ten seasons. Uh, look, I don't question whether or not the guy can coach. I also don't question whether or not this is the best roster that he's had since he got the job as the Falcons head coach. I think it's without question the one that he's walking into the 2023 season with is the best roster that he has had. Now, again, we can talk all about Desmond Ritter and, and what that may mean. Um but there and there look, there are so many questions I think about every team in this division. We focus on Desmond Ritter and what he means to the Falcons' success, but the rest of the NFC South, they've got question marks that are if they're not the same, they are just as big as what the Falcons have. You know, the Falcons aren't the only ones even that have questions at quarterback. Carolina's gonna start a rookie in Bryce Young. Joe Person, who has covered the Panthers for years, first with the Charlotte Observer, he's now with the Athletic, even said, you're starting a guy in Bryce Young, and he doesn't look like the rest of the quarterbacks in the league. As a matter of fact, he doesn't look like any quarterback ever. Panthers list him at 5'10". Guys that I know that have been around and have covered the Alabama football program for a long time will tell you he's more like 5'9 and a half maybe 5'9 and a quarter than he is 5'10". Now, the one thing I will say about Carolina and what they have done is I think Frank Reich has put together a remarkable staff with the Panthers. They went out and they spent some money to put a coaching staff together. And I like what they've done. Uh, Reich has got good people working for him, and thusly he's been able to get good people around Bryce Young. Uh, Michael Rothstein was with us earlier from ESPN.com. Michael said, you know, he said he thinks the the Panthers are going to be really good uh, soon. Maybe not this year. I agree with him. Uh, And it's as much because of the coaching staff that they've put together in Carolina than it is the talent that's on that roster. Thomas Brown, you may remember him, played running back at Georgia. He's the offensive coordinator now, a guy that is very well thought of around the NFL. Jim Caldwell, been in the league for a long time. He's a senior assistant. Josh McCowan, the guy that the Houston Texans have tried twice to hire him to be their head coach. He's now the quarterback's coach. Sean Jefferson, who a lot of people around the NFL hold very high regards. He's the wide receivers coach. They've put a structure in place in Carolina for Bryce Young to be able to have success. Now, They also had to give up D.J. Moore, their best wide receiver, in order to be able to go up to number one to get Young to make him the first pick in the draft. They have lost over 1,000 receiving yards off this team from a year ago. Moore had almost 900 yards last year. Christian McCaffrey, even though he was only there for part of the year, he still had another 300 yards. And it still comes down to a rookie as a starting quarterback in the NFL. The record for those guys is not good. 
And I don't see this being like, you know, Dak Prescott walked into a pretty good situation in Dallas as a rookie. Ben Roethlisberger had success year one with the Steelers. I don't think that's going to be the case this year in Carolina. This just doesn't have that kind of feel to it. Tampa is going from Tom Brady to Baker Mayfield at quarterback. That's about as underwhelming as it gets in the NFL. And I totally thought, really, that we were going to see Tampa just go into complete rebuild mode. But I really think in Tampa, they kind of looked around at this division and thought, eh, we still got a chance here. If they're healthy, they've got a really good wide receiver room in Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Russell Gage is still there. They've got a good offensive line. That defense, Rothstein talked about him when he was on with us earlier, talked about him being, you know, getting a little old. But, look, I still think Vita Vea, if he's healthy, he can play. Levante David, if he's healthy, he's a player. But I go back to the quarterback position. Baker Mayfield hadn't proven that he can play well consistently. And they've got a first-year signal caller and David Canales there as the, the offensive coordinator. They've gone from winning 13 games two years ago to winning eight games. It feels like a roster that hasn't improved that much in Tampa. And then there's the Saints, who, again, I keep waiting for the Saints to go into rebuild mode at some point in time, and it never happens with them. It, like they, they never have to sell out and just tear the thing down. It hasn't happened yet. They've brought in Derek Carr. They had an offense last year that was anemic, to be polite. Bottom half, uh, no, they were at the bottom. Wasn't the bottom half. They were at the bottom of the NFL last year in explosive plays. That should be better with Derek Carr at quarterback. I really like Chris Olave, as much as it pains me to say that about the Saints. But I really like Chris Olave as a wide receiver. You got a healthy Michael Thomas. We still don't know the future of Alvin Kamara and where he is with this team. That suspension, and I do think there's a suspension that is most likely coming his way now. If you read some of the stuff that is written about the Saints by some of their beat writers, there is a feeling that that suspension, it may be a year before that suspension comes, that Alvin Kamara would be able to play this entire year. They should be much better on offense. I wonder about the Saints defensively, though. Ross Jackson, who hosts the Locked on Saints podcast, he was on with me Saturday. And let me tell you, he just raved about Ryan Nielsen, the Falcons' new defensive coordinator who came from the Saints. Ross said he thinks Ryan Nielsen is an NFL head coach sooner rather than later. Um, He said the guy just has a presence about him, the way he kind of can step in and command a room when he walks into it and can can talk to a group of guys, that he's uh, an impressive guy. Saints have had to replace him now. They go with Joe Woods, who's been in the NFL forever as a defensive coordinator. So we'll see. I think there are a lot of question marks for all these teams And I think there's some things, though, that we're going to learn pretty early on to start this season. We're going to find out something about the Falcons early. They're going to open up in Mercedes-Benz Stadium against Carolina to start the season. 
And then Carolina goes to New Orleans in week two. So, look, by by week three of the NFL season, before week three, we're going to know what the Carolina Panthers are. We're going to have a pretty good read on who Bryce Young is when they open up against the Falcons on the road, and then they get the Saints in week two. Tampa Bay opens up against Minnesota, who I think is going to be pretty good again this year. They get New Orleans in week four. So I kind of think the first four weeks of the season will tell us a lot about the NFC South and kind of how these teams stack up against each other, at least early. Now, I would expect the Falcons to be a team that gets better as the season goes on. I would expect Carolina to do the same, though. I would expect Carolina to be a uh, a team that looks a lot different in mid-December than the one that we're going to see roll into Mercedes-Benz Stadium to start off the season in early September. So, we'll see. I, again, this all sets up very well for the Falcons now. Best roster that Arthur Smith has had. The rest of this division is down if you want to look at it that way. There's no reason to think these Falcons can't be a playoff team. Absolutely no reason they can't get it done. Now, I don't know that the NFC South is going to be strong enough to have a wild card team come from it. I think in order to make the playoffs out of the NFC South, you are probably going to have to win the division. But I think for the Falcons, it's all there. I mean, it's there for the taking. That's our Falcons flyover for this uh, this Monday evening. We'll get a look at some headlines coming up. I thought yesterday, if you were a sports fan, I really thought yesterday was just a fun day. And we'll talk about that. We'll get you an update. Let me check real quick. Let me see how the – I haven't been paying attention. Let me see how the Braves are doing. Well, what do you know? Same old story. Braves go on the road. Nah. They got a 3-0 lead. We're in the top of the fifth. Braves lead the Guardians 3-0. We'll get you caught up on that game uh, when we come back. We'll get a look at the headlines. Chris Go fourth in for John Chuckery. Glad to be with you tonight. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Hang on. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.
After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Chris Goforth hanging in place of my guy, John Chuckery, who's uh, taking a couple of well-deserved days off. John Fricky will be in uh, biggest part of this week, but I'm uh, glad to be able to hang with you tonight. I'll be back here again tomorrow, 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon. So uh, we'll be with you from 2 to 6 tomorrow. So uh, always, always fun. We get a chance to spend a little uh a little 4th of July together. So, a lot to get to here, and I want to touch on the headlines. Uh, we'll get a look at those. I thought yesterday, and maybe because it was a day off and I had absolutely nothing to do, the weather here yesterday was a little iffy, but yesterday was just a fun day to be a sports fan. And, and again, maybe it's because I don't get too many days to just chill and do nothing but that's what I we went to church yesterday morning. I had a lunch with my daughters. We get home in time. Uh, we watch the Braves continue to demoralize the Marlins. That was fun. Then we watch Atlanta United get the win over Philadelphia Union, and that led right into the NASCAR street race in Chicago. Day Day, we were talking about it during the break. You didn't get a chance to see any of this race yesterday in Chicago. No, I didn't. I uh, I had bir- a birthday party to attend, and then I had to actually do um, an on-air shift on V103 in the afternoon, so I missed it. Missed it. Yep. I can't even really call myself a casual NASCAR fan. I mean, I guess I'll catch a little bit of it from time to time. I'll see some highlights or something, but I've, I am not the guy that sits down and – watches a race i mean i i may you know read a story or two here or there i probably get into it a little more with talladega and daytona and when it comes here you know they're coming to it uh Atlanta motor speedway this this weekend the night right. race is here yeah on yeah, saturday yeah so i you know i tend to get into it then but i can't really tell you that it's something that i often seek out but the idea of racing in downtown chicago on city streets, that was pretty fun. It was actually was actually more. I mean, I kind of tuned in just for the curiosity, like what what does this look like? Right. Um, it was more enjoyable than what I thought it was going to be. Honestly, I wondered how much. You know, to me, when you talk about downtown city streets, I'm I'm and especially compared to say a super track like what these guys are going to run on here next week. I tended to, you know, I was kind of like, well, how how are they going to be able to pass each other? Because it just seems like there would be some narrow areas that guys were trying to squeeze into. And and there was, but I'm telling you, it was so much fun to watch these guys slip and slide on the, on the wet pavement. Um, the NASCAR purist may have hated it, <laughs> but I can tell you that was something that drew my interest and pulled me in to watch it on TV. And I think that was exactly what NASCAR was hoping for. 
So uh, was the course similar to how, um, like I know I don't think they do it anymore, but like um, was it kind? Of, is it similar kind of like how like the indie races that are in some of the cities? Is it, was it? Some, similar yeah, to that, I can't. I, I don't watch indie racing, so oh, I can't really. Gotcha, gotcha. I, I can't. I, I can't really draw that comparison. But I mean, it was pretty cool to watch those guys drive down Michigan Avenue. Nice, you know, especially nice. if you've been to Chicago a couple of times. Like there was, you know, driving by, you know, racing in front of Grant Park and and all this kind of stuff. I mean, it was, it was kind of cool uh, to be able to see that. I just, you know, for like I say, for whatever reason, NASCAR got me yesterday, and that's probably the first time in a long time that I, because even when NASCAR was at its, what I consider the the peak of the sport in the '90s, again, I was all, you know, my dad would turn it on sometimes, and I I knew who the, you know, I knew who Dale, Dale Earnhardt, and you know, Dale Jarrett, and um, you know, when I was a kid, I had a, uh, gosh, one of the Yarboroughs. Uh, had a uh, a deal with Hardee's, and this would have been very early '80s. I mean, I was probably seven, eight, nine years old, and uh, at Har- I don't know, I don't know how many big roast beefs or or hot ham and cheeses I had to eat at Arby's to get the Kale Yarborough poster. Wish I still had the things. Probably worth some money now, but um, I, I you know I remember having that. So like it's I, I've always known who these people were. But it's now, you know, Jeff Gordon and and all, you know, Davey Allison yep. and Alan Colwicky and all those guys that that really kind of helped put the sport on the map in the nineties. I, I and he, you know, even later guys like Jimmy Johnson and and you know now of course it's you know Chase Elliott and Martin Truex and some of those guys. Like I know who I know the names, but I I've never been the guy that just said all right I'm I, I'm gonna I'm gonna carve three hours out of my Sunday and and sit here and watch the the race that's never been that's never been the thing for me same here um but I will say when I first got into radio um uh we used to actually broadcast both uh race weekends down at Atlanta Motor Speedway we'd actually spend the weekend in the track at turn four in like one of those tour bus um type deals and broadcast the entire weekend and um so that was my first this was like 2001 two somewhere around there and that was my first experience of of live NASCAR, because to your point, you know, always seen it on TV, always knew the names and whatnot, but had never actually been to an event, and that was my first time. And I mean, I tell you what, it was it was really cool. It it kind of turned, it changed my outlook and and how I kind of tuned in, and you know, then I started becoming the a person that would like kind of keep up with the points and all that kind of stuff. Right. So yeah. Right. Yeah, yesterday I'm sure was a loss leader for NASCAR. That race cost them a lot of money to put on, and I don't think they did it necessarily with the idea that they would make a lot of money back, but it was more about getting eyeballs back on the sport and piquing some interest. I thought they did that. Uh, Again, I I enjoyed the heck out of it. And, uh, again, NASCAR is here this week, Atlanta Motor Speedway on Saturday night. I'm sure you'll be hearing a whole lot more. Let's get into some of our headlines now. The Braves are in Cleveland. Let's get you updated. Uh, Braves had uh, jumped out to the early lead. It is now 4-0 Braves. They are in the top of the sixth inning. Uh, Bryce Elder uh, pitching very well for the Braves. Uh, Michael Harris has hit two homers. Uh, Ozzie Albies has singled and um, brought in uh, Ronald Acuna and Marcelo Zuna 
also homered. So the Braves have scored four runs. Three of them have come on uh, solo home runs. So that's the way it goes for the Braves. They get, they're getting it done again. It is four nothing. Eight Braves made the All Star team. Eight. Uh, here's uh, Brian Snitker, the Braves manager, on setting that new Atlanta Braves All Star record. No, that was awesome. That that was I, I tell the guys every Sunday before the All Star game, I guess, or that you know week when we do this. That's that's the one meeting I always look forward to. I have a lot of meetings over the course of the time, and you don't really look forward to them, and you're nervous about them. That that's the one you always look forward to, and to tell those guys, you know, when I went in with that big stack of of in, in, invitations that they have, uh, and told them. Um, that was pretty special. I mean, it, it was that was really, really probably the best one I've ever been a part of today. And we've I've been a part of some really cool things, um, <clears throat> but just to have eight guys was really something special for the organization. There's only 32 guys that make up the National League All Star team. Eight of them are going to be Braves. That's 25 percent of the roster. This is one of those times when I wish they still wore the regular uniforms instead of those hideous All Star jerseys. I think as a Braves fan, that'd be cool to see those guys lined up in their Braves uniform for the uh, for the All-Star introductions. The uh, entire Braves infield is an All-Star. Olsen, Albies, Arcia, Riley, Murphy. You got Ronald Acuna from the outfield plus two, uh, two pitchers. Spencer Strider and Bryce Elder. And I'll be honest, I, I am super pumped for Bryce Elder. So glad this kid's getting this opportunity. Uh, I really didn't think that he would get it. I really didn't, but he got it. And let's hear from Bryce Elder. Here he is talking about his first All-Star appearance. For both of you, what, what does it mean to you for, to get that first All-Star Um, You know, it, it means a lot to me. Um, Kind of, this year's kind of, you know, it's it's kind of hard to put into words. I really um, enjoyed spending the time with a lot of these guys up here. Um, Strider being one of them. I think we got something special going. Uh, the guys behind me, I can't I can't thank them enough. Like I was saying the other day with, you know, Spencer, he's he's striking a lot of guys out. I'm not striking guys out. These guys are putting the ball in play, and the guys behind me, um, what they do is I wouldn't. I wouldn't be in this situation if it wasn't for them. So I thank those guys and thank Travis and Murph um, for how how committed they are to helping us. And I just I'm really thankful for the people around me that have allowed me to um, have this success. Here's a little number for you uh, about the Braves that I think will think it'll knock people out, especially if you hate the Braves, because if you're a Braves hater, you are not going to like this. All eight of those guys that made the All Star team. They're all under the age of 30, and they're all under contract now for multiple years. If you hate the Braves, these guys are going to make you miserable for the next five or – I hope longer, but at least for the next five or so years. Barring just some terrible injury situations, this team's going to be hard to deal with for the next several years. We'll get more into that uh, as we talk about the Braves coming up here in just – just a minute. Excuse me. I've got the hiccups all of a sudden. Atlanta United uh, picked up a 2-0 win yesterday over Philadelphia Union. Good win for Atlanta United. Here's uh, Mike Conti on the call from yesterday. Wiley, beautiful pitch. Up ahead, Almada. 2v1 with Wiley coming down the left wing. Almada to the top of the 18. Threaded through to Wiley. Edge of the 6. Back heeled. 
to Barry. Barry digs it away, passes up top. Here's Almada, ahead to Lennon, outside the six. Shot! Score! And Atlanta United has the critical second goal with 10 minutes to play coming from Brooks Lennon. Atlanta United coming into today had not beaten the Philadelphia Union since 2019 but in the home games that they have played against Philadelphia denied a winning performance in 2022 denied in 2021 they get it today 2-0 Atlanta United over Philadelphia Union in what is arguably Atlanta United's biggest win of the season yeah that was a good win yesterday Philly had really been playing well uh, and, of course, they were a team that had a ton of success last year, and they had really, it seemed, kind of found their groove a little bit. It's a good win for uh, Atlanta United. They take uh, take down um, the Philadelphia Union 2-0 yesterday. Mike Conti with the call. You heard it here on Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. NASCAR race, I mentioned it earlier. Didn't mention the winner, though, but it was fun to watch. Shane Van Gissen, Gisbergen. Shane Van Gisbergen. He is a native of New Zealand was running in his first Cup Series start uh, ever yesterday, and he got the win. He is the first guy to do that uh, since Johnny Rutherford did it 60 years ago. So uh, it's been a while. But uh, congratulations to the guy from New Zealand. Not sure how much we're really going to see of him in a NASCAR, at least for uh, for the rest of this year. But certainly a guy I think that's uh, probably got a uh, got a bright future in the sport. Uh, NBA free agency. Don't want to spend a ton of time, but I did want to mention that the Timberwolves, uh, Anthony Edwards, has agreed to a five-year designated rookie maximum contract extension that could become worth two hundred and sixty million. Of course, he was the uh, number one overall pick in the 2020 NBA draft. Uh, Atlanta Dream, I did want to make mention of this because Ryan Howard is, she's just unreal. Hit six threes yesterday, had 43 points as Atlanta Atlanta Dream get the win over the Los Angeles Sparks. She was 14 out of 20. She was day-day on the playground yesterday. 14 out of 20 shooting and just phenomenal. Total confession here, I did play-by-play play for some of her games when she was in high school. Her high, Where she went to high school is only about a 20-minute drive from where I live, so I uh, got a chance to watch her play a lot when she was in high school, a couple times a year anyway, and uh, just a she's just a really good person, comes from a really good family, and uh, super, super proud of her. But that was a – I think uh, Atlanta Dream set a, a scoring – record yesterday in that win over the Los Angeles Sparks and she was a uh, she's a big part of that but she's let me tell you she is we, we talk about some of the athletes that we have here and you know we, we talk about the Kyle Pitts and, and a guy like Grady Jarrett who does us so much for the community and just such a good guy and and Ronald Acuna and how fun he is to watch put Ryan Howard in that in that same conversation because she is just unreal uh, of what she is able to do, and again, I, she's a. From what I know of her, she is a. Uh, she's first class human. So very, uh, very tickled uh, to be able to see her. You know, representing my neck of the woods in East Tennessee, the way she, uh, the way she goes about her business. Florida, little college football. You know, if I'm going to be here, you're going to have to. You're going to have to handle a little bit of college football tonight. Florida is giving the swamp an upgrade. 
$400 million worth of an upgrade. They announced it today. They're going to hire an architect for the design in order to revamp Florida Field. Uh, they will open the formal selection window during the month of uh, this month, I guess. Scott Strickland, who is the athletic director at Florida, said it's premature to speculate on the final cost, seating capacity, and a specific timeline. He made it clear the project's main goal will be to transform the game day experience for fans while maintaining a lot of what helped the Gators create one of the most daunting home field advantages in the Southeastern Conference. That comes from ESPN.com. The upgrades will include wider concourses, and if you've ever been there, that will be welcome, uh, less bench seating, more concession options, larger video board, new sound system, improved uh, lighting, and the capacity of Florida Field will be reduced by a couple of thousand. Again, the, the final details on this plan have yet to uh, have yet to be released. Let's talk some more college football, shall we? I on Saturday, my buddy Bill Bender from the Sporting News joined me and we talked we started talking about those Georgia Bulldogs, but uh, we touched on a lot of topics in and around college football. Gonna bring that bring that interview back for you right now. Bill Bender from the Sporting News, he joins us next. Chris Goforth in place of John Chuckery tonight on Sports Radio 929 the game and the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Our buddy Bill Bender of the Sporting News. You can find Bill on Twitter at BillBender92, SportingNews.com. You can find his handiwork there, and Bill's kind enough to uh, spend a few minutes with us. Bill, I want to get to conference uh, realignment because today's the day that I think there's about 14 schools that, uh, that change conferences today. Before we get to that, it's hard to win a national title, Bill, let alone do it back-to-back, -back. and I guess it's we're working on you know 90 years or whatever since the last time a team was able to three-peat. Uh, can can Georgia make it three in a row? I mean, they're certainly talented enough. We have entered, as I was saying earlier this week, uh, kind of where were you territory with them. You know, in terms of in my lifetime, we've only had three teams try to three-peat. It was uh, Alabama, Nebraska in the 90s, and then, of course, that legendary USC team. So what, when I say where were you, is everybody will know where they are if it doesn't happen because we'll know where we were when Georgia finally loses. Right. Right. Nick Saban's telling recruits he's going to coach till he croaks. You believe that? Um, you know, yeah. He's always said 
he's going to – well, I hope that doesn't happen anytime soon for starters. But, uh, you know, it's – he's always said he was going to coach until he felt like he was a detriment to the team, and at this point he's not. I mean, I think the curious thing about this offseason, yes, Georgia is a favorite, and yes, Georgia should be the favorite, but people are off Alabama a little too much. I, I mean, I've watched them win a national title with Jake Coker at quarterback. So it's not like there isn't enough talent for them to go out there and make a run. And the good news for them is most of their tough games this year are in the conference of home. All right, Bill, I want to get back to the SEC in, in just a minute, a couple of teams there. I want to get your thoughts on, in particular, in the East. But first, I, I mentioned this a moment ago as we chat with Bill Bender from the Sporting News. You've got some conference uh, realignment that happens today, July 1. You've got a bunch of teams that will, 14, in fact, that will hop into to new leagues today, most notably BYU, Cincinnati, Houston, and Central Florida are, as of today, now members of the Big 12. Who helped themselves the most uh, in this round of, of conference realignment? Big 12. I mean, well, obviously, I mean, the SEC and the Big Ten got awesome, huge brands. But I think in some ways it's impressive that the way that the Big 12 has been able to survive. And you talk to some fan bases in that conference, they may not necessarily be sad to see Oklahoma and Texas go. They still have a very good basketball conference, um, football-wise, they're kind of the bridge now. You know, they're not going to be as powerful as the SEC and the Big Ten, but under that 12-team setup, they're going to have a playoff team most years anyway. So I think for that conference to survive the way they did and the, the brands that they added, I mean, BYU, Cincinnati, they'll do well. Um, Central Florida, Houston, traditional brands. And it'll be a fun conference to watch, even if it doesn't maybe have that heavyweight power that the SEC and the Big Ten do. Do you uh, have any insight, Bill, or have you heard anything about the Big 12's television deal? Because uh, I've seen or read something here over the last 24 hours that this deal is going to mean uh, they're willing to play weekday games, including Friday night games. Now, I think I think college football on a Friday is blasphemy being in the South. That's, that's sacred ground for the high schools, in, in my opinion at least. But you, you go where the money is. I get it. Uh, have you heard anything about what this TV deal for the Big 12 is going to look like? Uh, I mean, Pete Thamel had some reporting on it this week, obviously. So, uh, you know, they're going to make themselves available. And, and you know, I, I think when Texas and Oklahoma do leave, they will have to be creative. So, you know, I remember for years on Thursday night, the ACC game, may, yeah, I, I remember watching so many Florida State games on Thursday night, Virginia games. Virginia Tech, and you can forge an identity in that way because if they're being honest with themselves, and it sounds like they are, I mean, it's going to be hard to compete with the SEC game of the week and the big noon kickoff mm -hmm. and everything going on. And uh, how many of those ABC primetime games are going to be Big 12 games? Maybe one or two a year anyway. I'm going to talk a little later today, Bill, about the tough schedules in, in college football. And it, it, it's brought me to a point where – I'm trying to figure out who some of these teams are, in particular in the SEC. I think Florida's got a tough schedule. Uh, Graham Mertz coming in at quarterback. How good can Florida be? Oh, they've got a really tough schedule. Um, they're going to need Graham Mertz to be better. I don't want to say better than Anthony Richardson, but he's going to have to be good and have better than he was last year at Wisconsin. So, um, you know, running game's got to be better. They've got talent. It's just – I think right now when we look at Florida, the big question is right now Tennessee's kind of passed them a little bit. And that's mm -hmm. been a long time 
since we can say that. So, you know, if you look at the pecking order in the SEC East, especially with Georgia and Tennessee at the top, it's a big second year for Billy Napier because we know Gator Sands can be a little bit impatient. I think in the East, it's look, it's Georgia, and then there's a good size gap until you get to Tennessee. And then after Tennessee, I'm not really sure what, what to make of it. How do you see it at that point, that, that middle to, to bottom portion of, of the SEC East? Well, I mean, Kentucky's still got talent and an interesting year with Devin Leary, veteran quarterback out of the transfer portal. They're going to go that route. Um, and when Devin Leary's healthy, he's pretty good. So, And they've actually given Georgia at least – I never seriously thought they were going to beat Georgia, but they've at least made those games interesting. Um especially last year. That was a game into the fourth quarter. So they, they're a team to watch. Big year for South Carolina. Shane Beamer has created a lot of momentum there. They have Spencer Rattler back at the end of last year, the last three games of the year against Tennessee, Notre Dame, and uh, Clemson. Averaged 364 yards passing. And he didn't throw a lot of picks. So, I mean, they're the team to watch. Although, if you look at South Carolina, their, their early season schedule is pretty brutal. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Missouri has so many of what I would consider to be coin flip games. Now, they do avoid Alabama, but they could end up facing both division winners depending on how the, the West plays out. And obviously, they've got to play um, uh, they got to play Georgia already. How important is this year for Eli Drinkwitz? Uh, it, I, you know, I don't know. Uh, that's a tough question because they did get to a bowl game last year. There's some I don't want to say limitations to coach at Missouri, but I think it's tough. They came into the SEC. They were spoiled a little early because they got to a couple conference championship games when the powerhouses in the division were, were down. But, I mean, the same. If, if Missouri got seven wins, that's a good season. It's not a bad season, not in that division. Chatting with Bill Bender of the Sporting News, Bill joins us on the WadeFord.com hotline. Wade Ford, Atlanta's Ford dealer, Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. I, I got to jump around for a second, Bill, uh, over to the ACC for a minute. Duke won nine games last year. I thought it was one of the great stories last year in college football, what Mike Elko was able to do there in year one. Can they repeat that this year? They're an interesting ACC sleeper from the standpoint of everything you said about Elko and Riley Leonard. You know, we did our top 25 quarterbacks here a couple weeks ago, and my editor really likes him because of the, it's, not, it's, a, it's not a perfect comparison, but he means to that team in some ways what Tebow used to mean to Florida. You know, he can pass. He, he's big running quarterback. Uh, had that duel with Drake May last year where they went back and forth. And, yeah, I, I think it, it's wild to me that David Cutcliffe, for all the greatness he did there, great things he did, that they've been able to continue that with Mike Elko. That was probably, like you said, at least in my opinion, one of the more underrated stories of last year. Yeah, and, and Penn State. Um, I, I Look, I, I understand they've got Ohio State and Michigan both on the schedule, but I really like this schedule for them, Bill. Will you take those two games out of this, I can see Vegas putting Penn State as a double-digit favorite in the other ten games that they're going to play. Yeah, I mean, last year they had the, everybody won every game but those two. So I, I think the tr- trick for Penn State is to stay focused in those other 10, ga- 10 games, and then it comes down to a loaded roster with Drew Alar at quarterback, Nick Singleton, the running back, had some guys return to the offensive line. They've got a difference maker on each level of the defense. Abdul Hodge is really good. Um, 
So they they should be very good, and they should feel good, and the hype around that team is as high as it's been since 1999, but they have to go beat Michigan. Michigan embarrassed them last year. They have to go beat Ohio State. They haven't beat Ohio State since 2016. So it doesn't – it's not like an or-else year for Penn State and James Franklin, but if they go 10-2 and two and go back to a New Year's Day Six Bowl and it's a instant replay of last year, I'm, I'm sure there will be some head-scratching. Finishing up here with Bill Bender from the Sporting News. Again, you can find Bill. Uh, check him out on Twitter. Uh, he is at BillBender92. You can also uh, find his work over at SportingNews.com. Talk to me about Deion Sanders, Bill. Colorado, year one. Uh, what do you think it looks like? I think they're going to struggle early. And if no, for no other reason, that schedule's ridiculous. Uh, TCU and... Nebraska, USC, Oregon, and a roster that obviously there was a lot of coming and going in the transfer portal, a little more going, obviously. Um, But I think Shadur Sanders will help steady some of that. Travis Hunter is going to be one of those two-way stars in the sport that we love. And I think by the end of the season, they show some signs of progress, which any first-year coach does. And even so if this was just some no-name first-year coach and Colorado went four and eight, we'd be like, oh, hey, there was a little bit of improvement there. If Dion goes four and eight, we probably look at it as a failure, and I don't think that's fair. So I think they'll get to that four or five win mark, and you know the recruiting cycle is probably a little more important for him than anything else right now. Bill Bender of the Sporting News. Bill, appreciate it as always, man. I, I know we're going to talk uh, multiple times over the course of the season, but uh, good to catch up with you here in uh, in July. And uh, if you're headed down to Nashville for uh, SEC Media Days, maybe we can. Um, uh, maybe we can grab a cup of coffee somewhere. Oh, that'd be great. Thanks so much for having me on. Take care. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.